Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? It's me, your Nick. Me, your Nick. It's me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another fabulous edition of Nick's Nerd News. If you guys are new, welcome. If you're avid listeners, welcome back. Thanks for liking and subscribing wherever you go. The, you know, the places of the interwebs to listen. And it's, you know, October and the spooky season is among us. Among <laughs> Yeah, I said among us, Jesus Christ. Anyway, what it's it is October twenty first, folks. It is almost the end of the year. We're about three weeks away from the launch of, of next generation consoles. A new movie hasn't been released in months. Well, I mean they have, just not everywhere. And there's a there's I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's it's October in what's possibly one of the worst years ever. And here's hoping whatever 2021 brings, it's it's joy and happiness and prosperity for all. In the meantime though, let's let's just talk about what's going on in uh, in Nerd World, huh? How about that? Let's just focus on that for now cuz we don't need to focus on the other nonsense that's not affecting us. Well, anyway, not getting into that conversation, <laughs> you know, right? It's that's not what we're here for. Anyway, how about this? Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Level Five. They are a game developer. Uh, they're out of Japan originally. Uh, they've made games like Yokai, Yokai Watch, uh, Nino Kuni. Well, they have decided to essentially cease operations in North America. Uh, doesn't look like they plan to release any games outside of Japan any longer. Uh, this is per gamesindustry.biz. They've been laying off their American and North American staff uh, slowly over the last year or so. And essentially have ceased completely ceased operations as of now. That uh, nobody knows why they're shutting down outside of Japan. And it, it it's a little strange. I guess they just want to focus on Japan. I, I thought Nino Kuni and Yokai Watch had a large following outside of Japan. I guess I'm mistaken. Yokai Watch, of course, is known as a a, a pretty much it, it a, a major competitor to Pokemon, uh, to the Pokemon franchise, and I guess just a few employees had remained there up until everything finally ceased, but. Again, they've worked on other games, but of course, Nino Kuni and, and Yokai Watch are their most popular and most famous. And I, they're working on a Nino Kuni three, and of course, they're they're working on Yokai Watch four. That never came to the U.S. It released in Japan, and interesting. Now we'll probably not see any localizations on those games. So if you guys were looking forward to that, you'll have to get the the region regional variants and i don't know if those are region locked i don't know if switch is region locked but that's it as of now for level five and nino kuni and yokai watch 
Also, in terms of game developers and shuffling things around and such, uh, Rockstar Games has announced, or Take-Two Interactive, if you want to talk about the, the parent company, has purchased Ruffian Games. Uh, Ruffian Games is known for making the Crackdown series. Uh, they helped make some Connect games, as well as uh, helped work on one of the Forza Horizon games. They will now be part of the Rockstar game series, and they will be renamed Rockstar Dundee. Uh, they're located in in uh, Scotland, which is very close to Rockstar North and, and Rockstar Headquarters. So it, it makes sense for them to purchase another studio. I'd love to see, though, what they do then with with Rockstar, especially with some of the work they've done on, on the Crackdown series and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that... Uh, it's probably probably their world-building and their open-world experience is, is what will assist Rockstar in their open-world experiences and, and their sandboxes. Uh, that is definitely something that that will give an edge to future or potentially future Rockstar games. That's uh, another shift in the game development world. If you guys... Uh, a lot of people may have skipped the current generation. I don't know how many there are. Probably not a lot. But but apparently enough of them that Microsoft has announced that cloud saves are now free on Xbox 360. You, you previously needed a, a active, live, and current Xbox Live account. Well, not anymore as you'll be able to put those all on the cloud and, and transfer them over to uh, Xbox Series X if you make the leap. Or, I mean, if you're only getting an Xbox One now, it, I don't know how many people are still actively playing 360, but must be enough. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's free, though, so take advantage of it if your 360 is still hooked up. Recently, uh, Xbox's Game Pass service added Doom Eternal to its its list of, of ever-evolving games that are available. Granted, uh, it came after the Bethesda purchase by Microsoft, and if you think that's why it's on Game Pass, it, that deal was probably in the works just as long as, as their, their essential buyout of Bethesda. But along with Game Pass, if you're a subscriber to Game Pass Ultimate, you also get access to... Essentially, what is called Xbox Game Streaming now. It used to be called Project X Cloud, and someone was able to download Project X Cloud or the the Xbox Game Streaming app onto onto their Samsung fridge and hooked up a controller with Bluetooth. So it's, it's it's essentially or Xbox Cloud Gaming. That's what it's called. Anyway, hooked up a Bluetooth controller because all. Xbox controllers are Bluetooth, and was able to get Doom Eternal running on their refrigerator screen. Yeah, yeah. Doom Eternal on a refrigerator. And obviously this person isn't going to really play the game there. Just the fact that it's possible to do so is is just like a mind trip, you know? it It's it's just something that I, I don't... It, it's crazy to think that it's that's even possible. It's an IoT device, so obviously it, it worked like that. I just didn't think that, that the screen would be able to handle it. The processor, granted, it's all over the cloud, so that's crazy, though, right? That's crazy. A fridge, man. A fridge. A fridge. Crazy times we're living in. <laughs> People are so bored. They'll do anything. 
They will do anything. But we have some more news on the PS5 and in it regards to its its large girth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I like throwing around things related to, it's so big, man. It is so big. But we essentially know why it's so big and that's because uh, per Nikkei X-Tech, which is a um, it's a Japanese publication, and they did an interview with the mechanical and thermal design engineer of uh, Yasuhiro Utori, PlayStation uh, of PlayStation. He's the one in the video of disassembling the PS5 that came out came out several weeks ago, and essentially the PS5 is so large because the cooling fan was behind that because the cooling fan was so big that they decided to it because they had to go with such a big fan that's why the console is so big and essentially it it has to do with the thickness as well it's a 45 millimeter fan essentially allowing air to come in from both sides and according to utori so even even though there's no air on the b side of the system is what he calls it it, it still generates a, a similar amount of heat, which is crazy to think about. And essentially, they decided to go with so large just to keep the cooling factor way down. Uh, there's also a 120 millimeter diameter, 45 millimeter thick double-sided intake fan. So that's essentially what that 45 millimeter fan is. And that's why it's thicker than the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Uh, Utori mentioned in the in the in the article that they thought about even doing two fans instead of one larger one, but they didn't decide on that because it, it I guess it would have been more costly, and more two more fans is is harder to do than two fans, which logically makes sense. And I just it's crazy to think about that all of this is dedicated. And, and you can see it in the breakdown video. There are so many vents on this thing. It, and it, it, it harkens back to what... With what the Xbox One was compared to the 360. And, and I know PS4 did not have anywhere near an issue like what the 360 had. But like the Xbox One and pretty much every iteration of it is, is so much venting on it. Because of the overheating problem that the 360 had. It was like almost of an overcorrection. And and you can kind of see that that PS PlayStation is doing that essentially with the PS5 as well because of like there's that internet meme about about you know the PS4 sounding like a jet engine so clearly they just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be a problem oh that's funny that's just funny but uh, on top of that though we did we did get some more PS5 information in regards to the UI was finally revealed. As well as this new, and we'll talk about the UI in a second. And there is a new update and feature that people are taking a bit of issue with. It was announced that PlayStation 5 will have the ability to essentially record voice chats and then send it to moderators. Say someone says something in a game you don't like, you can record it and then send it. But... The company itself is not recording them, which, again, who is then? Uh, this was added in PlayStation 4, which was in the up, uh, software update 8.0. And now there's a new thing that says voice chats may be recorded for moderation. That is not a... I don't know. 
because it's always been voice stuff over the internet has always been unrated right and it's like most people who report people are either because the person was a a really giant asshole or they're just doxing someone because they didn't like how the other person played per a blog post uh, the PlayStation blog, it says, vo- quote, voice chat recording for moderation is a feature that will be available on PS5 when it launches and will enable users to record their voice chats on PS5 and submit them for moderation review, unquote. Uh, they also said, quote, the pop-up you're seeing on PS4 right now is to let you know when you participate in a chat with a PS5 user post-launch, they may submit those recordings from their PS5 console to uh, SIE or Sony Interactive Entertainment. That's just, I don't know, man. That's a slippery, slippery, slippery slope. And they they had to come out because a lot of people, there's a lot of backlash online because of this, that uh, Sony Interactive's VP of Global Consumer Experience, Catherine Jensen, uh, came out and put out an official statement essentially saying, quote, please note that this feature will not, not, actively monitor or listen in on your conversations ever and it's strictly reserved for reporting online abuse or harassment they even went on to clarify more saying that players uh, you can only submit essentially a 40 second clip of your chat conversation and it's mainly to to narrow in on a 20 second clip for moderation reasons so they won't even listen to the full 40 seconds and You'll only ever have access, essentially, to the last five minutes. So you don't even get the whole chat. And I just... Now they have a whole team, a consumer experience team, that's going to analyze all these chats. But they're not actively monitoring or listening. But it's still still an interesting place to be in right now. But we finally did get a look at the UI, our user interface, for the PlayStation 5. And it, it is a, a massive departure from what the PS4 and PS3 was. And again, through a pl- PlayStation blog post, uh, it's got a new control center. And it has uh, activities, which lets you see new gameplay opportunities. It will show you things you miss. So it's essentially like that help feature that was patented a while back. Uh, so like if you're stuck on something, it will show you how far you have left in a level. It will show you videos of like other people doing it. I'm guessing maybe the developers. I don't think everyone will take advantage of this just because the, the time it takes to, to do all that is is a lot. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of first party and second party developers will take take care of it or or take part in it. I don't see a whole lot of third party. But the it's it's very nice, crisp and clean, and it it's more lively than the the PS4. Granted, you had dynamic themes, so yes, things were were fluid and had music and things like that. But but just yes, I know the Xbox interface is not easy either. I just I I know the PS4 interface was easy to use and somewhat intuitive. It just it was boring to me. It was just very boring. And the PS5 interface is is a lot better. Other new features show that you can hop into a party. And games from uh, that your friends are playing essentially right from the control center, which again is a little similar to how Xbox already worked. And they said they quote rebuilt the entire software stack from the console to the network unquote. Uh, it's all to make it faster. And quote 
We believe the less time you spend waiting to interact with the system, the more time you will have to spend playing games, unquote. And it, it like I said, it's it's a lot more... It, it just has a larger, like, area, essentially, than, than, than previously, like, dedicated to, like, the game you're playing. Uh, and, like, the, the tiles, I guess you could call them, are a little smaller and are a little more targeted. And pretty much everything's the same at the top, but it doesn't... It's all at the top now. It doesn't, like, fill up the middle of your screen like it currently does. But... Like like I said, it it does have that like activities page that shows you how much how far you are left. Uh, then we'll give you like help options, and again, and you can actually resume the game right from there, and it will show you. It's it granted on this particular game, and it, it's almost like a um, like a map of the game and the levels. So again, I don't think every game will utilize this, but I, I'm sure a, a large portion of it of them will. They're showing off Sackboy, so. So, like I said, I'm sure first party will use it. It's just second party, I'm not entirely sure. Or third party is is where I'm not entirely sure. But I it, it is something that's that's really nice. I think it's a step forward. And I think the theme the dynamic themes that you'll be able to get out of that are, are gonna be a lot better. And it I just if this is some of this stuff though might just be they they'll probably have to tweak it eventually just as people more it's in the hands of more people and and some of the flaws might pop up if there are any I don't I don't even know I'm just saying it looks like it looks good now but again once it's in practicality and there's more things running on it and more games and in the hands of more people we'll see how people react I mean it's it's one thing to react to a video it's another once once it's in your hands, technically. That's that's part of it. That's it for PS5 updates. Um, so it's good to hear some more stuff, even though we're a month out from release. Should have, some of this stuff should have been shown off a lot sooner. That's neither here nor there. Let's let's talk about some other gaming news. And how about this? Do you guys still play Rock Band 4? Do you have a lot of Rock Band 4 DLC? Well, you're in luck. As Harmonix has now confirmed that Rock Band 4 and all DLC will work on the next-gen consoles. And a vast array of, of the peripherals will as work, as well, has work. <laughs> so, essentially that, uh, Sony originally clarified that PS5 is compatible with 99% of the thousands of PS4 games it has tested. And Microsoft, of course, said that almost all Xbox One games will run on Series X and S. They said, except for a few exceptions, Rock Band 4 is, is in a good position because, or in a unique position, I uh, as, as I'm, I'm reading here. Granted, that makes sense because, you know, they have certain special peripherals that just don't always work with everything. And that that's the thing. Some of these are, God, Rock Band 4 came out on the 360 and PS3. Jesus Christ, I don't even think about all the thousands of DLC songs either. Anyway. Oh wait, no, Rock Band 4 came out in 2015. Oh, so that means peripherals from probably Rock Band 3. Um, but Harmonix said that, quote, Our team has been diligently testing a bunch of old gear on the new systems to make sure everything works exactly as it does today. 
When you break open those crisp new consoles, you should be able to connect your existing compatible peripherals and play Rock Band 4 right out of the box. All DLC currently available for download will also work on new consoles. No messy generation transition this time. It's the same DLC, unquote. And uh, they also said that they've seen a sizable, quote, sizable performance increase, unquote, on both new consoles. And it just that the issue is just PS5 and the USB mic. But that's pretty, pretty solid that... You can use stuff that even goes back to the to Rock Band 2 on these new consoles to get it to work and to play your game and songs. Granted, are there a lot of people still playing Rock Band is the question. And I get, I get wanting to transition that over, especially if you've pumped money into those thousands of songs that were available as DLC. So that's not something you want to just give up on right away. But it's good to hear that other studios are trying to make a concerted effort to essentially get their stuff on the new consoles. Anyway, moving on. We have also learned that Marvel's Avengers, Square Enix has announced that unfortunately their first part purse piece of DLC, which is Hawkeye, and the next-gen updates, which were planned for later this year, have both been delayed to at least early 2021, which... Makes sense, because they still have a lot of bugs to fix in that game. Please just get the game working and make sure it runs smoothly and all that before putting in DLC and updates that might not work. Because otherwise, when you put out that DLC, when you put out those next-gen updates, people aren't going to want to fucking play it if the game's still broken. And, And I've said this at length already about this game, but... You've already seen how games as a service or games like this have, have have failed and how they've done well. And to launch a game like this, at this stage in the game, when games like that are out and prosperous and doing well, there's no reason, no reason at all, to put out a game that's broken and full of bugs and are going to turn people away. When you don't have enough people playing on your servers where people are having an issue with matchmaking, when it's a game that's meant to be played online with other players, you did something wrong. And we've already seen multiple games shut down their multiplayer this year, a year when people are playing games at home more than ever, shut down their multiplayer servers just a few months after launch. Amazon just did it with one of their games, and then Disintegration, the the game from one of the original Halo creators put out. There's no reason that this should be facing this game, especially on an Avengers game. The Avengers are are at an all-time high right now, and a game around them can't even sustain a player base. So that's all I have to say about that delay. That's a good thing that it's getting delayed. Focus on fixing the broken stuff first. But in in what is probably an indication at what the future has in store for for Blizzard Blizzard has announced that they will cease production or they have already ceased production on content development for StarCraft 2 which means StarCraft 3 confirmed no no I'm kidding it just means that that they're moving on to the next chapter of whatever they might be working on whether it be Diablo 4 
if the next StarCraft game, whatever it may be, a new Warcraft game, anything, essentially it just means that they're freeing up staff to allow to move on to the next chapter in, in the franchise or, or another one of their franchises. And the game is, what, 10 years old at this point? So it, it, it's, it's not out of... Um, it's not out of reality, so it's 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 okay that this happened. Yeah, StarCraft Two, July twenty seventh, twenty ten. So it it's it's part of the course essentially. And, and StarCraft Two isn't like an MMO like Warcraft, so they can they, they don't have to support it as long. And there is a lot of content that's out there. So your Zerg rushing abilities are not going anywhere. You're just not getting any new stuff, which again is okay. And allows them to, to look towards the future then. And I the there one more thing I wanted to talk about gaming wise is is Phil Spencer was interviewed by Steven Totillo of of uh, uh, Kotaku, and of course he's taking over for the nice big editorials that uh, Jason Schreier used to write for them. But it it came down to essentially a question about what's going on with Bethesda and the per- they're purchased by Microsoft. And, and the thing that's going around that, that has everyone essentially a buzz is Stephen Totillo asked, quote, is it possible to recoup a $7.5 billion investment if you don't sell Elder Scrolls Six on the PlayStation? Phil Spencer replied, yes. And followed up with, quote, I don't want to be flip about that. This deal was not done to take games away from another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was, how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play these games, not fewer. And people to be able to go play games, quote. Also, quote, from Phil. When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices that we had... And, the, and we have xCloud and PC and Game Pass and our console base, I don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us, whatever that means. End quote. So, while he isn't explicitly saying that Fallout 5 or Elder Scrolls 6 or whatever future Bethesda holds is 100% certain now a console exclusive he isn't he also isn't saying that they're not going to other consoles now if you read into this for a fact with his matter of fact quick answer of yes obviously microsoft knows that they can still make money without having to put these games on playstation or nintendo or anything like that they have pc you have Game Pass. You have these things. You have xCloud. People don't necessarily have to buy an Xbox to play these games. And yes, I know, oh, but, you know, that's still not great. And yeah, I get that. 100% get that. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. But at the same time, as I stated, I think, a few weeks back, Elder, the Elder Scrolls franchise, at least, has a history of being Xbox-friendly, right? Morrowind, Xbox-exclusive. And then Skyrim and all those, all were on Xbox first. So it, it's it's not like it's not like this is some crazy thing that's out of the blue, you know. And 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 Todd Howard 
that guy jerks off Xbox to like another level, man. <laughs> like it's it's insane the amount of times Todd Howard is always on the Xbox stage at E3. So it's like it it it's 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 a deal that was not inevitable and not it was still a surprise and no one expected it. But it's it's not like it's when when you really think about it, it's not something that's that's too shocking at the end of the day. And 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 who cares if if they're on Xbox? They're still going to be on PC. And yeah, I know not everyone has PC, but not everyone has PlayStation either. And not everyone plays Skyrim or not everyone plays Elder Scrolls games. Not everyone plays, you know, a lot of things. So, if these people really want to play them, they're there. They can do whatever they need to to play them. Get Game Pass, buy it on PC, get uh, xCloud and stream it to their fridge if they wanted to there aren't they're not there aren't going to be barriers to playing the game there's just going to be hurdles you might have to jump through and of course that's not fair to everyone but but it's not like they're saying you have to buy an xbox to play elder scrolls 6 no you're just your options of where you can play it are going to be limited and that's the frustrating part for people but you know, everyone plays into their sides and their tribalism and uh, uh, takes over and it sucks, man. It just sucks. But again, this isn't a concrete yes, it's not a concrete no. Let's see what the future holds. How about that? I, for one, think they're probably going to be exclusive. I'm I'm not thinking they're going to put them on PlayStation. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Who knows? But I do want to talk about TV as well that was it for video games and you know what you know what something that came out the other day that that made me very upset netflix despite renewing a show that i love and we're going to start working on it have decided that due to the pandemic and social distancing and all this other stuff netflix will not be moving forward with the fourth season of glow oh god that sucks man that show it's a really good show and I get it. It's about wrestling. You can't, like... That's hard to do, man. And and I get it. I just... It sucks, man. Because they didn't get to finish telling their story. Don't you hate when a show you like gets cancelled and they don't, like, get to finish their story? Yeah, I know. It's nothing. In the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. But it, it just sucks. Because something you enjoy and it's gone. Well, I mean, it's not gone. But it's just... It's not continuing. Not every everything can't last forever though, so it's, uh, you know, uh, whatever, man, whatever, man. But the entertainment industry was rocked this week, as Disney has announced major plans to reorganize and shift their focus to streaming. Yes, you heard that right. Disney is going to focus on streaming, and. Essentially, I get it. I get it. After this year, you don't want to make movies. You don't want to risk things because you don't know if movie theaters are going to be around, actually. But they have unveiled a new corporate structure. And it will, uh, quote, further accelerate their direct-to-consumer strategy. uh, And, quote, producing and delivering content for the theatrical, linear, and streaming, with the primary focus being the company's streaming services, unquote. So they will still make movies, they will still make linear stuff, but they are now going to focus on Disney Plus, essentially, and Hulu, and ESPN Plus. 
uh, direct quote, we are strategically positioning our company to more effectively support our growth strategy and increase shareholder value. Managing content creation distinct from distribution will allow us to be more effective and nimble in making the content consumers want most, delivered in the way they prefer to consume it. And that's from CEO Bob Chapik. And they've also uh, centralized their distribution and commercialization activities uh, into a new global organization, quote, and to help the most optimal way, unquote. And they're also launching a new international streaming service called Star International that's coming next year. And obviously, obviously COVID and the pandemic had a, a, a hand in this, right? Companies, especially large movie studios, are looking for ways to make their money back on films, especially when their main source of inco- income or revenue on those films would have been a movie theater, right? You're not. There's no more butts in seats. You don't have it opening across 4,200 theaters, like for eight different like opening times in in you know uh, a day right you're not having a 15 screen multiplex showing uh the the biggest disney movie of the weekend on 10 of the screens all day right you're you're losing a huge chunk of that right now and we don't know if that will ever come back in the way it used to so of course they're focusing on streaming and of course the new pixar movie is going straight to disney plus if you're shocked to hear this, I, I don't know if you've been living under a rock or not. Because it, 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 unfortunately, the writing has been on the wall for a few years. People don't like the movie theaters anymore. They don't want to spend the money at the movie theaters. Because you have to spend an arm and a leg to go to the movie theaters. If you, especially if you want snacks, right? There's, of course people want to pay $15 or 20 bucks for the whole family to watch a movie at home. Of course, instead of paying fifteen each, and then uh, fifteen bucks for a bucket of popcorn and eight bucks a soda, and and whatever price it is for a candy, nobody wants to do that. They want to sit at home, pay one price, and have their snacks that they already got at home. It, it's like I get it, I get it, but at the same time, and I've said this so many times before, the movie theater experience cannot be topped, and I really hope theaters survive survive in some shape or form into the future because not everyone has perfect surround sound at home not everyone has perfectly tuned speakers not everyone has perfectly tuned lighting you know and not 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 everyone has a a giant 80 inch screen or bigger to enjoy a, a full full movie right and it just i get it man and I get it. And the future of some franchises on TV now. And TV is is a better... Well, TV. When I say TV, I mean streaming. I mean all this. TV and streaming is, is a better place than it ever was. And it just... it's It sucks. And I hope they still make awesome premiere movie experiences. Because that... that unf- I pray to God never goes away. Just I just don't want it to go away at all. Because that is a, an experience that, that is going to be missed. Just missed, big time. But that that's what shook the entertainment world this week. Disney is going to focus on streaming. 
Um, speaking of streaming, Amazon and Amazon Prime have announced that they will be adapting I Know What You Lid- Did Last Summer to a new anthology series, or series at least, that will premiere sometime next year. It will still have the essential plot. Uh, however, it will be updated to be a more modern retelling uh, to fit with, um, I just guess, how modern teenagers would react to a situation like that. So I guess they would just post it all on t- on TikTok. No, I'm kidding. They wouldn't post it on TikTok. But, you know, who knows? They might. They just, they just might. But uh, I know what you did last summer is going to be adapted in a modern way as a series on Amazon Prime. Also, it has been announced that The Mandalorian will start filming Season 3 before the end of this year, surprisingly. They're, they're, season 2 is barely even out, and they're already getting plans underway to film Season 3, which is very exciting. That means it will probably come sooner next year than Season 2 did. And then, on top of that, Amazon then also announced that the boys will start filming season three early next year, and they're going to focus on Soldier Boy, a character from the comics. And CBS All Access renewed Star Trek Discovery for a fourth season. So a whole lot of streaming news going on there. But let's let's uh, let's take a step back and go back to more terrestrial television. Showtime has announced. That they will be bringing Dexter back for a limited series run in a revival that will now serve as a true, essentially a true sequel to, or a true finale, as a lot of fans were upset with the way the show originally ended. Uh, Announced by Showtime, uh, will make the return, Dexter Morgan will make his return in 2021, and... It will be a limited 10-episode series on Showtime. Michael C. Hall will return. And uh, the original showrunner, Clyde Phillips, will will be at the helm as well. Uh, Actually, excuse me, will be stepping down. Chip Johansson, who ran 24, will will take over as showrunner. Dexter was only on for four seasons? Oh, wait, no, there was eight. Sorry. The original showrunners are coming back with Michael C. Hall to produce. Uh, No idea about the plot. Uh, Nothing else is known. Uh, Per Showtime's president, David Nevins, says, If I were to do something, I would want to do Dexter in a new concept and a configuration. I want it to feel different, not just a continuation of the old show. That's a quote from 2014. And then uh, we have no other news regarding it. Uh, Just this press release from Showtime, it said, We would only revisit this unique character if we could find a creative take that was truly worthy of the brilliant original series. Well, I am happy to report that Clyde Phillips and Michael C. Hall have found it, and we can't wait to shoot it and show it to the world. So, this will be premiering sometime next year, a Dexter revival. Uh, And then last bit of TV news here. Actually, you know what? That is the end of TV news. I don't have anything else. I wanted to talk about the new Spongebob show, but... I'm not wasting any time on that, nor your ears on any annoying Spongebob stuff, because it's not really important. So, let's go to the movies and see what's going on in Hollywood. They are still making a Hunger Games prequel. Yes, they are. 
and it will still be focused on President Snow for whatever reason. And it will also now focus on the evolution of Pan Am, the, the country and government thing that they live in in the Hunger Games universe. No word on release date, no word on who's playing a young President Snow, just that it's a thing that's happening and coming to your screens someday soon. Uh, also, uh, I don't remember if we talked about when this was announced, uh, but George Miller is moving ahead with a Furiosa spinoff, and they have announced the cast. Anna Taylor-Joy will play uh, Furiosa, once uh, played by uh, uh, um, Charlize Theron, and uh, also joining them will be Yaya Abdul-Mateen, as well as Chris Hemsworth, uh, which makes sense because... You know, uh, uh, George Miller's Australian, Mad Max takes place in Australia, and Chris Hemsworth is Australian. No word on release date or when they will start filming, but this will be a prequel, and it will take place in the Mad Max universe, just a younger version of the Imperator Furiosa role originally helmed by Charlize Theron. So as we move forward with that, which, nice to see prequels about a, a character people loved in an established franchise that people love. And granted, that is something that a lot of people didn't think that movie was going to be good. And it turned out to be an amazing film. I would watch the black and white version if you can. It's a It's a great version of it. And... It's definitely something different than probably what you're used to seeing, but it's just that movie's great. And I'm happy to see them building on her role because it can't always be about Max, you know. Anyway, the producers of James Bond have, have given a talk and talked about what they want to do after Daniel Craig, considering No Time to Die will be Daniel Craig's final Bond film. And they essentially said that they don't want to do the same. They want to have something different after Craig. Uh, They were being interviewed by Total Film. And Barbara Broccoli, who is the producer, her her father started the franchise essentially as a producer. They haven't found who's next. Uh, They said they are still looking for the right person to, to fill in. And they also said, she. this is a quote from her in Total Film. I always say, you can only be in love with one person at a time. Once the film's out, then some time will pass, and then we'll have to get on to the business of the future. But for now, we we just cannot think about anything beyond Daniel. It will have to be reimagined in the way each actor has reimagined the roles. That's what is so exciting and fun about this franchise. The character evolves. Eventually, when we have to think about it, we'll find the right person. They also clarified by saying, quote, it will have to be, oh, sorry, quote, he doesn't need to be a white man, not as far as I'm concerned. We should create roles for women, not just turn a man into a woman. So that falls in line with a lot of people saying, oh, James Bond needs to be a woman. James Bond needs to be a woman. Like, no, James Bond does not need to be a woman. Let's make characters for women that are new, not established characters that need to be so molded and modified that they, they can't be what they were. Let's make a new, strong representation for women. 
But when it comes to the next James Bond, I don't even know who I think should be a James Bond. Recently, I've seen Henry Cavill now wants to possibly be James Bond. People are getting behind it. Tom Hiddleston's name was thrown around for a while. Damian Lewis's name was was thrown around for a while. Uh, Idris Elba, I think it would be good. I think he's a little too old at this point. You know, I, I know Daniel Craig took over when he was a little older, but it, it's just a matter of, do you want a young James Bond? Do you want an old James Bond? Do you want someone for long term? Do you want someone like George Lazenby, who was a one-off? Someone like Timothy Dalton, who just did two? You know, it, it's... Where where do you want to where do you want to go with the next James Bond? And again, uh, one of these actors, if they do sign on, they have to commit to that role for a long time. So it, it's it's a lot of things that go into that. And do you like completely reboot, new cast everything, or do you do like the old movies where it was just like, oh, the actor didn't change. That's still James Bond, you know, because they had the same Q, they had the same M. The old, it, nothing really changed in that instance. So it it comes down to how do you want to how do you want to portray that? While I would totally accept Henry Cavill, he's still Superman to me as of right now. <laughs> so let's not say anything about that. Tom Hiddleston would be good, but obviously his commitment as Loki is still going right now. I would like Idris Elba. I just think he's a little aged out at this point. I would take um I'd say Chadwick Boseman, but Unfortunately, he's gone. And if if I was going to throw a, a, a hat into the ring, I'd say Do- David Olay. I can't say his name. Olayuo. I can't say it. But I think you guys know who I mean. He's been in quite a few movies. Um, he was in. First off, he's in Star Wars Rebels. He plays Callus. And then I'm looking. Maybe he might be too old too. He's 44. Shit, man. Anyway, uh, he's been in movies. Uh, he was in Selma, where he played Martin Luther King Jr. That's where you might know him the most. And he was in A Wrinkle in Time, as well as uh, The Butler, who he played The Butler, essentially. Um, And I just... There's a lot of good movies that he's in. And I think he would be a good fit for James Bond as well if 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 they wanted to go that way. Again, it comes down to older or not. And um, oh no, he played the son of Forrest Whitaker's character in in uh, I can't talk today in the Butler. But anyway, I think he would be a good fit for it as well. And it just comes down to you know who they would pick for it. And it has to be a British man, right? You can't go, you can't go with, or it has to be a, someone from the UK, Scottish, British, Welsh, can't do Irish. <laughs> uh, but again, um, but I, I hope they, they find someone that will fit into the role and hopefully isn't like someone that is so bad. It's a one and done, but it will be remained. It will be, Remain to be seen. I think I said that right. Anyway, got our first trailer for the Monster Monster Hunter movie. And the teaser for it made a little people question it because it featured guns and things like that. And Monster Hunter doesn't feature guns. But when the real trailer came out, it showed off it, all the monsters and their beautiful glory and swords and slashing. And got to ask, though, 
Will this fall to the video game movie curse? Or will it break the mold like Sonic and Detective Pikachu? That is something that will be remain to be seen. It's still coming out this year. I've never played a Monster Hunter game, so I can't really comment on it. But as a film guy, I will go hopefully get to see it and judge it from there. But again, remains to be seen. Uh, we also got news that Ridley Scott will be making another historical epic, this time about Napoleon, and Joaquin Phoenix will be stepping into the role. And hopefully this will get everyone to realize that Napoleon wasn't short, okay? That is a myth that has been perpetuated for years and years and years and years and is just frankly false. But I can't wait to see what Joaquin Phoenix does as Napoleon Bonaparte. That would be a good movie. I don't know then. Actually, I don't know. Ridley Scott, just hit or miss lately. If that ain't the truth. Michael B. Jordan has announced with Warner Brothers that him and his production company will produce a Static Shock movie. That does not have a release date other than just, hey, we're making a Static Shock movie. So... That's a good sign. Static Shock, of course, has had a recent resurgence in DC continuity. He was absent for almost 20 years. And the, the comics were only introduced in the 90s. Then he, of course, had that hit show on the, the, the WB, Kids WB. And he then had a, another adaptation in Young Justice. So it's it's it'll be nice to see more Static Shock. And for him to get a movie... If, any, if there's any superhero that would just like blow minds on TV, it would be Static Shock. Like how cool is it to see a dude like shoot lightning out of his fingertips, but then like just be able to pick up uh, like a fucking manhole cover and then ride it around like a fucking skateboard with electricity powers. If that ain't fucking cool, right? Static Shock, bro. Coming to a theater near you. And then... You know what, that's it. This week, I, I was going to talk about Logic buying a Pokemon card for $220,000, but like, is that even, is that like even cool? It's cool, but it's like, alright, you paid a lot of money for a Pokemon card, dude. Like, why don't you keep the card? Well, he obviously didn't have it before, but hopefully he doesn't like turn around and sell it right away and hopefully it gets more worth and more value, but who knows. But that's it for Nixner News. Thank you guys for listening. Next week will be the final week of October and just a few short weeks away from the new consoles. And next week we'll talk about, well, in two weeks we'll talk about Watch Dogs Legion. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you like, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages. While you're there, check out our social tab just to see feeds from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We do post a lot of funny memes, and hopefully we'll be beefing up some more stuff on there. Still waiting to hear what's going on with Amazon, and still still hear what's going on with iHeartRadio, which is a pain in my ass. But, other than that, thank you guys. Like, subscribe, share, post, tweet, tw- uh, twat, twank, I don't know what I'm saying saying anymore post shit on your story like share the word share my glorious voice with with those around around the 
let thine hear the gloriousness of of Nixter. No, <laughs> prophesize in there. But anyway, thanks, guys. I will catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>